Welcome back to the Homestyle MMA Podcast. This is Sean Van Buren here for episode 11, our first episode where we are going one a week, so this will be a little bit longer than normal. Today we're talking about the PFL welterweight and heavyweight semifinal playoffs and UFC Fight Night Vera versus Cruz. I'm very excited that the PFL is back. I mean, we had a perfect start to the PFL playoffs on the podcast, going four for four on our single bets, and we hit our parlay. Let's talk a little bit about last weekend with a rapid recap, and then we'll get the ball rolling into this weekend. Let's start with the PFL in our rapid recap. We had Robert Wilkinson versus Omari Akhmadov in the light heavyweight finals and Olivier Aubin Mercier versus Stevie Ray in the lightweight finals. Both are excellent matchups and what I expected going into last weekend. Robert Wilkinson looked phenomenal in this fight. The finishing sequence in the first round was a beautiful combination of hooks and finished off with a sneaky knee right up the middle, knocked out Delon Monte on his feet. He fought super well behind the jab, used his length expertly. It was really an impressive win for Robert Wilkinson. Amari Akhmadov won his fight exactly like we thought he would. I said last week that Amari would be able to keep this fight standing, and he did a great job stopping takedowns throughout that entire fight. Akhmadov was landing very clean counterpunches as well, so we kind of had Josh Silvera thinking about the counter-striking on the feet, and he wasn't able to get the fight to the mat for the takedowns. Akhmadov found a home for his right hand, coming from several different shots and angles. He utilized many different combinations in this fight, while Josh Silvera mostly threw one-twos, but not much else from a striking variety standpoint. Omari was throwing hooks, uppercuts, two or three punch combos. It was a very impressive display of striking that made Silvera a little tentative on the feet. This will be a great light heavyweight finals matchup, and I'm really looking forward to that when it comes around. Olivier Albin Mercier won his fight in all aspects of MMA. He landed left-hand knockdowns to start both the second and third rounds, jumped on Alexander Martinez both times, and then just smothered him on the ground for the remainder of those two rounds. I gave a 10-8 to OAM in the second round, and he dominantly won this fight. He stayed busy on the ground as well and constantly threatened submissions. For the Stevie Ray versus Anthony Pettis fight, we predicted this one perfectly. I said last week that Stevie Ray wanted this fight back on the mats, and he fought hard for those takedowns. Now, Anthony Pettis, he fought very well on the feet, but he was in Stevie Ray's world whenever they hit the ground, and Ray controlled the fight in that arena the whole time. Anthony Pettis strictly was defending, Stevie Ray strictly attacking on the ground, and Stevie Ray grinded out a decision win. Expect OAM to have more success on the ground versus Stevie Ray. He's a very good wrestler in this lightweight finals. It should be a very exciting fight. Let's go ahead and do our UFC rapid review. UFC rapid review, we had so many finishes. What an amazing night. Bueno Silva had a really nice armbar submission win to start the night against Stephanie Egger, although it was tough to see the tap. One judge did very clearly see the tap, though, and provided some clarity. Like I said last week, Corey McKenna's wrestling was the difference against Miranda Granger, and she got the first female Von Flute choke submission in UFC history in round two. Brian Battle landed one of the most vicious head kick knockouts that I think I've ever seen in round one against Takashi Sato. Sato was knocked out on his feet once Battle's shin connected with his face. Terrence McKinney had very fast striking, got a takedown, then got on Eric Gonzalez's back like a backpack, all in the first few minutes of the fight to get a standing rear naked choke submission. 
McKinney continued to win in impressively fast fashion in the UFC. Sergei Spivak was very sharp on the feet, which made his wrestling and takedowns that much more efficient. I told you on the podcast last week that I thought Spivak would get this fight to the ground where he would dominate. He finished Augusta Sakai with a second round TKO victory. Juliana Miller, our first tough fight of the night. The Ultimate Fighter finalist proved that she is the real deal with a third-round TKO victory over Brogan Walker. She dominated with her wrestling to get to that position for the win. Our second tough fight of the night, Zach Palga looked very sharp and fast on the feet in this fight. He jumped in and out very efficiently, but the power of Mohamed Usman proved that he only needs one shot to put you to sleep. He landed a vicious left-hook knockout in round two and absolutely knocked out Palga cold. Jeff Neal could not have looked better with his striking against Vincente Luque. Jeff Neal had multiple knockdowns in this fight. He was very patient before he finally put Luque to sleep with a flurry of left-hand uppercuts against the cage, probably five, six, seven, eight in a row. It was incredible. Happened in the third round. It was the first time that Vincente Luque was knocked out in his professional career. So it was a very impressive win for Jeff Neal. And then the main event was as good as advertised. Thiago Santos went for a staggering 20 total takedowns, but Jamal Hill did a great job immediately getting back to his feet, stuffing most of them from even happening, and these guys left it all on the line as they were both exhausted by the end of this fight. These fighters were very even in what was a very close fight until it ended. Thiago Santos tired from all the wrestling in round four. Jamal Hill got the TKO victory by finishing Santos on the ground against the cage. He unloaded the clip at the end of the fight, showing that he has plenty of stamina to turn it on late in fights to get the victory. This is one of the first times we saw Jamal Hill get into the fourth round, and he definitely had the energy left in the tank to finish this fight. Ten fights, ten finishes. What a night for the UFC, and let's go ahead and take a look at those bets. We feeling good on Friday. In the PFL, we were plus 3.28 units. We went 4 for 4 with our PFL singles. Robert Wilkinson versus Delon Monty. We won Robert Wilkinson by finish for minus 165. Olivier Albin Mercier versus Alexander Martinez. We won OAM. Money line minus 250. Omari Akhmedov versus Josh Silvera. We won the underdog Omari Akhmedov plus 155. And we finished the night with Anthony Pettis versus Stevie Ray. We grabbed Stevie Way minus 139 for the win. Four for four in our PFL bets. Absolutely a great Friday night. And we rolled that into the UFC on Saturday. Myra Bueno Silva versus Stephanie Egger. We won Myra Bueno Silva for another underdog plus 100. Corey McKenna versus Miranda Granger. We won Corey McKenna minus 215. Jason Witt versus Josh Quinlan was actually moved to another date. So then we rolled into Brian Battle versus Takashi Sato, where we won Brian Battle minus 235 money line. Absolutely great prelims for us, and unfortunately a tough main card, but still had a great night for the UFC. Terrence McKinney versus Eric Gonzalez. We won Terrence McKinney by submission for plus 155. Sam Alvey versus Michael Oleksuchik. We took the huge underdog Sam Alvey plus 425. That was a loss. Probably the last fight for him in the UFC as he's now had a ton of losses lately and has the record in the UFC for the most losses in a row. Ariane Lipsky versus Priscilla Cachoeira was actually moved to this upcoming week. Augusto Sakai versus Sergei Spivak. We won Sergei Spivak. Moneyline minus 250. And then we had a few losses on the tough fights. Brogan Walker versus Juliana Miller. 
Juliana Miller proved that she's the real deal. We lost Brogan Walker Moneyline minus 105. Muhammad Usman versus Zach Pauga. We lost Zach Pauga minus 225. For those of you that took Muhammad Usman, that was a nice underdog win for you. Vincente Luque versus Jeff Neal. We lost Vincente Luque minus 190 in a very impressive win for Jeff Neal. And then we won the final fight of the night, which was very late here on the East Coast. Thiago Santos versus Jamal Hill. We won Jamal Hill minus 275 money line. All in for the UFC. We were up 0.214 units. We went 6-4 and four in the UFC out of the 10 fights. Total, we were up 3.494 units on the weekend. Taking a look at our Homestyle Perfect Plate parlays, the PFL Homestyle Perfect Plate parlay of Robert Wilkinson and OAM, 1 at minus 120. Very nice win for us there. And the Homestyle Perfect Plate parlay for the UFC, Sergei Spivak, Zach Pauga, and Vincente Luque was plus 200, big time loss as Zach Pauga and Vincente Luque both had finishing losses. Let's review how we did on Verdict and give out some podcast awards. Not a bad night at all for us on Verdict. We finished with a silver medal for being in the top 40% of predictions for the UFC main card. We perfectly predicted Terrence McKinney first round submission and the Sergey Spivak second round knockout. Other than that, we only had Jamal Hill winning correct. But luckily for us, the PFL also runs on verdict. And as you guys know, we went four for four on verdict in the PFL. And that earned us our very first gold belt championship in the top 10% of predictions. So the PFL, we had a great night, four for four on our single bets. We hit our PFL parlay, and we finished in the top 10% gold belt night on PFL. Diving into the Homestyle MMA Podcast Awards, we start off with the Mashed Potatoes PFL performance of the night. That is going to Robert Wilkinson. He had that impressive first-round finish and walked away without a lot of wear and tear. We didn't have an early prelim fight for the UFC, but our mac and cheese UFC prelims performance of the night is going to Brian Battle. He had that incredible head kick knockout of Sato. And we finish off our awards with the chicken and dumplings UFC main card performance of the night. That is going to Jeff Neal for being the first person to knock out the incredibly durable Vincente Luque. Had Luque not been as durable as he is, I think this fight would have ended much earlier. Absolutely great night of gambling. And let's go ahead and dive into the upcoming PFL fights and see if we can do it again. The PFL this weekend will actually be on Saturday at 2 o'clock Eastern time. It is going to be a fantastic Saturday because we're going to go PFL straight into the UFC for a nice full day of fights. We're going to be talking about the PFL semifinal playoff matchups for the welterweights and heavyweights coming up this weekend on Saturday. Our first fight of the night, Sabadou C and Carlos Leal. Sabadou C is the number two seed welterweight going up against the number three seed Carlos Leal. Sabadou has a four inch height advantage and five inch reach advantage. Both fighters earned themselves six points during the regular season with two wins each by decision. Both men have similar fighting statistics as well for the 2022 season. The only major difference being Sabadou C did land 8 out of 12 of his takedowns, and Carlos Leal went 0 for 6. Now, Carlos Leal, he did earn a very excellent decision win against a former PFL champion in Ray Cooper III. Both fighters also had a close split decision win, 
And this is going to be a very even matchup. I think this is probably going to be the better of the welterweight fights because these two fighters, again, are very evenly matched and they have very similar styles. I think striking will likely dominate this fight with Sabadou C maybe going for just a few takedowns to mix those in. Sabadou is a world champion kickboxer, so we are going to go with him to get the win because I think that is where most of this fight is going to take place. Expect Sabadou C to use kicks, use his jab efficiently to take advantage of those reach advantages, and I think Sabadou C will probably get a decision victory here, and we'll get a rematch from the regular season of Rory McDonald versus Sabadou C for the finals. That's my prediction. First heavyweight semifinal is Dennis Goltsov versus Matthias Scheffel. Goltsov is the number one seed heavyweight going against number five seed Scheffel. And Dennis Goltsov earned nine points in his two appearances with a decision win and a marvelous first round knockout. Matthias Scheffel earned three points in a decision win that went one for one in the regular season. This is a very lopsided matchup in my opinion. Matthias Scheffel is filling in for the injured Bruno Capaloza. I think Capaloza versus Goltsov would have been a fantastic fight. Unfortunately, we're not going to have that this year. Dennis Goltsov has a 3-inch height and 2-inch reach advantages. He's a well-rounded MMA fighter, landing 21 out of 27 takedowns during the regular season. That is a ton of wrestling for heavyweight. Clearly, he's got excellent cardio. Dennis Goltsov is 7-1 in the PFL in his career. And I just think he's going to be too much to handle for Mateus Scheffel. Dennis Goltsov is going to wrestle his way to a victory, get a finish on the ground. I think he can either do it through ground and pound or through submission. Dennis Goltsov is a former Combat Sambo world champion. He's finished five of his seven PFL wins. This guy is a very dominant fighter. He's a dark horse for this heavyweight division to win it all this year. Best of luck to Mateus Scheffel, but I think this is probably the most lopsided fight of the night for these PFL playoffs. Dennis Goltsov has too many ways to win on the feet or on the ground. Look for him to get the ground and pound or submission win to end it, and I could even see it potentially happening in the first round. Our next heavyweight matchup, Ante Delija versus Renan Ferreira. This is a really excellent matchup. Delija is the number two seed heavyweight, and Renan is the number three seed. Renan Ferreira is an absolutely massive man. He's got a 3-inch height and 6-inch reach advantages at a staggering 6 foot 8 tall. Neither fighter went for a takedown in either of their two regular season appearances, so expect someone to get knocked out in this fight. Ante Delija scored 8 regular season points with a decision win and a 5-point second round knockout. The knockout came against another heavyweight in this playoffs, Mateus Scheffel, as we just discussed likely, I think, going to get finished in his semifinal matchup. Renan Ferreira scored six points in the regular season with a first-round knockout, but he then had a decision loss, so he was 1-1 one one during the regular season. Ante Delija, he's got to utilize all of his stand-up weapons as he does. He typically uses kicks as well as punches very efficiently, while Renan Ferreira mostly likes to go to work with his hands. Renan Ferreira can be controlled on the ground, which is what happened in his decision loss, but I don't think Ante Delija will go for a takedown. Based on the PFL fighter performance rating, Ante Delija actually lost every round in his decision win during the regular season. So these guys are very evenly matched. They both are going to want to stand and fight. They're going to try to exchange on the feet. We are taking Renan Ferreira. I think it will likely happen by knockout, and this should be a very intense fight while it lasts. I think either way, someone's going to sleep. Our final PFL matchup of the night is Rory McDonald versus Magomed Umalatov. Rory is the number one seed welterweight against the number four seed Umalatov. 
Rory McDonald scored six points after going one and one in the PFL regular season. He had a fast first round submission win to earn six points and then lost a razor close decision against Sabadou C, who is also fighting tonight. Rory utilizes a very wrestling heavy attack. He attempted seven takedowns in the Sabadou C fight. Magomed Umalatov only had one regular season fight in the 2022 season, but he earned his way into these PFL playoffs with a first-round knockout victory, earning himself six points as well. Umalatov sports a perfect 13-0 professional MMA record. He's a dominant striker. This is just a classic matchup of wrestler Rory McDonald versus striker Magomed Umalatov. I think both guys have an advantage in their respective areas of expertise, but both fighters are well-rounded. They can typically hold their own on the ground and on the feet, so they might cancel out just a little bit. Roy McDonald does better with offensive wrestling. He can be controlled on the ground in the past, but I don't think you'll have to worry about that much against Umalatov. This is just a big step up in competition for Magomed Umalatov, and I think we're going with the veteran Roy McDonald to wrestle his way to a win here. He needs to efficiently mix his striking and wrestling smoothly because Umalatov will be looking for the knockout on the feet. He's an incredibly sharp striker, so it's going to be a tough entry for Roy McDonald, but I think he finds those shots, gets the fight to the ground, and is able to get the win. Our early PFL predictions are that Rory McDonald will be the 2022 welterweight champion and Dennis Goltsov will be the heavyweight champion. That wraps up our PFL semifinal matchups for the weekend. Let's take a look at the UFC. Let's take a look at those UFC prelims. They're going to be starting at 4.30 Eastern Standard Time on Saturday. So like I said, you're going to have your PFL fights. Quick bathroom break straight into the UFC fights. Starts us off with Arian Lipsky versus Priscilla Cachuera. This is a fight that we just discussed in episode 10 of the podcast. Go ahead and give it a listen for the full breakdown analysis as this fight was just pushed back one week. We're going with Arian Lipsky. We'll start off going in-depth on Yusef Zalal versus Damon Blackshear. These guys are similar in size. Yusef Zalal is on a three-fight losing streak, but he's actually moving down a weight class to bantamweight for this fight. Damon Blackshear is making his UFC debut on a four-fight win streak, including two title wins in CFFC. Damon Blackshear, very strong jiu-jitsu fighter, eight of his 12 wins by submission. Yusef has never been finished as a pro, and his last six fights have gone to a decision. So he will definitely put up a fight here. He's on the three-fight losing streak. He knows he has to win to stay in the UFC. The problem is Yusef Zalal likes to use his wrestling to get wins. He was outstruck in his last two losses, but he was outwrestled in the other. He went 5 for 28 in takedowns in those three fights. He will shoot takedowns. He will try to use wrestling to win fights. But as I mentioned, Damon Blackshear likes to use his jiu-jitsu. So it could be very risky putting Damon on his back and allowing him to get to work with some submissions. Because of that, I think that Damon Blackshear is going to get a win in his UFC debut. Like I said, Yusef Zalal needs a win to stay in the UFC. Unfortunately, I'm not sure he'll get it in this one, but he will be fighting very hard. Next up is Ode Osborne versus Tyson Nam. Now, Ode Osborne, he has a very long reach advantage with five inches here. He's on a two-fight win streak. Tyson Nam lost his last fight by split decision but won the previous two both by knockout. I think that this fight will stay on the feet mostly. 
It's a very even matchup because both guys are going to stand and bang. For Tyson Nam, he actually hasn't fought since January of 2021. So he's coming off a decently long layoff. 12 of Ode's 15 pro fights have ended in a finish. And five of Nam's last six wins have come via knockout. Tyson Nam's a very excellent striker, a very good boxer. And he'll have to overcome a significant reach disadvantage. But I think that Tyson Nam will actually be able to get it done in this one. Expect Ode Osborne to maybe mix in a little bit of wrestling if he starts to fall behind on the scorecards. He does have maybe a little bit of an advantage in that area versus Tyson Nam, but generally speaking, I think these guys are going to want to stand and strike. Next up is Gabriel Benitez versus Charlie Ontiveros. This is one of the stranger fights of the night for me. Charlie Ontiveros has a 6-inch height and 3-inch reach advantage. Gabriel Benitez is coming up to lightweight from featherweight. So Charlie Ontiveros will likely be the much bigger fighter weight-wise as well on fight night. So everything I just told you so far would lead you to believe that we should go with Charlie Ontiveros. I actually don't think that's going to be the case here. Both fighters do need to win. Gabriel Benitez lost his last two fights, and he only won one of his last five. And Charlie Ontiveros has lost his only two fights in the UFC. So these guys are both looking for success in the UFC. The loser of this fight will likely be dropped. So these guys will be fighting very hard. Unfortunately for Charlie Ontiveros, all eight of his losses professionally have been by finish, with seven of them by knockout. On the flip side, 18 of Gabriel Benitez's 22 wins have been by finish. What makes this kind of an interesting fight is that Gabriel Benitez is a very skilled jiu-jitsu fighter, but lately he's been fighting mostly stand-up battles. It's not worked well for him, like I said, he's had a lot of losses lately. So it'll be interesting to see if he goes back to his roots in this one. If he does go back to his roots, tries to take this fight to the ground, keep in mind that Charlie will probably have the size advantage in both length and weight. Charlie Ontiveros can be controlled on the ground, so I'm hoping that Gabriel Benitez can get past the size difference, get inside, get the fight to the ground, work his way to a finish. Very interesting fight. We'll have to see what happens in this one. Martin Boudet versus Lukas Breski. These guys are similar in size. Boudet won his Dana White Contender Series matchup and his UFC debut against the talented Chris Barnett. He used his size to control Barnett against the cage and outstrike him. Lukas Breski won his Dana White Contender Series appearance as well, last time out with domination in wrestling and very active striking on the ground. He also went for two submission attempts in that three-round fight. 15 of their 18 combined wins have been by finish, so I think that this fight is likely not going to the scorecards. These are two very talented new heavyweight prospects to the UFC, and we will take Martin Boudet because of his excellent win in his UFC debut against a very strong heavyweight competitor in Chris Barnett. Both men have fought strong competition outside of the UFC as well, so these guys are both ready to keep the win streaks going, get an impressive win by finish, so I think the best bet here is for the fight to not go the distance, but as far as picking a straight-up winner, I'm currently leaning Martin Boudet to get the win. Our last prelim fight is Angela Hill versus Lupi Godinez. Angela is one inch taller, she's a three inch reach advantage. This fight was a late addition to the card, so it is a catchweight fight. Angela Hill is on a three-fight losing streak, and Lupe Godinez is on a two-fight win streak. I just think this is a bad matchup for Angela Hill. She struggles a bit on the ground, and Lupe Godinez went 13 for 20 on takedowns, three submission attempts, 21 minutes of control time total, and her last two wins. So that's an average of 10 takedowns each fight, an average of 10 minutes of control time each fight. 
Luba Ganinez, she will wrestle and jujitsu her way to a win here. Angela is 0-2 by submission. Lupi only has two finishes in her career, so this could easily go to a decision. But I do think she'll just dominate with her wrestling. Possibly have, again, close to 10 minutes of control time in this fight. Unfortunately for Angela Hill, losing this one would be four losses in a row and drop her record to an even 13-13. and She has a good commentary slash desk analyst role outside of the UFC, and she may just transition to that full-time after another UFC loss. I like Angela Hill. She's very cool. But I do think Lupe Gutinez is going to get the win here. And let's go ahead and take a look at that UFC main card taking place at 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. The main card starts us off with a fascinating matchup for me. I've gone back and forth on who I think will win this fight. It's Bruno Silva versus Gerald Mearshart. Gerald has a 1-inch height and 3.5-inch reach advantages. Bruno Silva is 3-1 in the UFC, and he's coming off of a loss. But it was a loss to Alex Pereira, who was about to fight for the middleweight title. 19 of his 22 wins have been by knockout, but he is 0-5 by submission. That is how Gerald Mearshart wins fights. Gerald Mearshart had three straight submission wins before losing in his last fight. Gerald is 6-3 by knockout, but 26-8 by submission. If Gerald wins a fight, it's typically because he's submitting you. Bruno Silva obviously is going to want to keep this fight standing and striking because he's had 19 knockout victories versus Gerald's three losses by knockout. And Gerald wants this fight on the mats with his 26 wins by submission versus the five losses by submission for Bruno Silva. The problem in this fight, the reason I'm leaning Bruno Silva, is that he can knock out anybody at any time. It could be the third round with a minute to go. He still will have that knockout power. On the other side, Gerald Mershart only needs to take you down once to find the submission. Then what will make it challenging, of course, is when you're going for a submission, you need time to work versus a knockout. That could be one punch fight ends in a second. It's a very tough fight to pick because the strength of one fighter is the weakness of the other. This fight starts on the feet. It's another reason why we are going with Bruno Silva. I think it'll likely be by knockout. But if Gerald Mershart gets Bruno Silva down on the ground, I will be sweating because he will likely get that submission win. Next up is Cynthia Calvillo versus Nina Nunez. This fight was moved to this event. We covered it back in episode two of the podcast. Go give that one a listen to hear the full breakdown analysis. I'm making y'all go listen to some older stuff again if you haven't heard them before. Uh, trying to get a few more listens in and obviously not really feeling the need to repeat myself as hopefully you've been following along. This fight was originally scheduled for UFC Fight Night Dos Anjos vs. Fazayev to help you find it a little bit more easier, but we are going with Nina Nunez. Next up on the main card, we have Devin Clark versus Azamat Mirzakhanov. Devin Clark has a 2-inch height and 4-inch reach advantages. He's 3-2 and two in his last 5 UFC fights, including a knockout win in his last appearance. Azamat won his UFC debut via 3rd round knockout after earning a spot on the roster by getting a 1st round knockout on Dana White Contender Series. Azamat is likely the better striker in this one, with 8 knockout wins out of his 11 professional wins. He can also wrestle pretty well. Devin Clark has been controlled on the ground in the past. He's more of an offensive wrestler. Azamat Mirzakhanov has never been finished in his 11 professional fights. Devin Clark has been finished in 5 of his 6 losses. I just think this one's probably lining up for Azamat to get it done, likely by finish, probably by knockout in this fight. So we're going to go with Azamat Mirzakhanov. 
Our last female fight of the night, Yasmin Jaureghi versus Jasmine Lucindo. Both women are making their UFC debuts. This is a very tough one to pick because we don't know a ton about either lady. Yasmin Jarugi is 8-0, 6-0 by knockout, and just won a championship in Combate Global, last Latina standing. Jasmine Lucindo is 13-4, 8-1 by knockout, and 2-2 by submission. So Jasmine Lucindo has a little bit more experience, but also has a few finishing losses to her name. She's on a 7-fight win streak currently. While Jasmine Jaregi has faced better competition lately, we are going with her coming off of a championship win. In their last three fights each, Jaregi's opponents are combined 19-10, and 10, and Lucindo's are 11-6-2. This is actually going to be a very even fight, I think. Both women have finishing capabilities, so we're just going to go with the undefeated fighter coming off of a championship in her Combate Global Last Latina standing, Yasmin Jaregi. Our last fight before our main event, Nate Landwer versus David Onama. Onama has a two-inch height and reach advantages. David Onama is on a two-fight win streak with one by submission and one by knockout. His 10 professional wins are all by finish. Nate Landwer is 2-2 two and two in the UFC with more of a stand-up attack. He is 8-2 and two by knockout, 1-1 one and one by submission. Nate is a very high-volume striker. But I think David Onama is ready to win this fight on the feet or on the ground. David Onama does a great job mixing in his wrestling with his striking. It's very fluid transition between the two. And I think not having much of a threat of takedowns against him from Landwer will really work in his favor. He'll be able to strictly offensively wrestle without worrying about having to defend wrestling coming back his way. I think Onama gets it done by finish. And I think he gets this fight to the ground for either a ground and pound win or submission. I'm confident that David Onama will finish this fight. The harder part for me is predicting how he'll get it done because he is such a well-rounded fighter who can get a knockout or submission. I really like David Onama. He's a very active fighter in the UFC with this being his third fight of the year already. I would love for him to continue his success. We're going to take David Onama. If I'm really feeling good about it, we're going to take David Onama by finish. I'm not super sure what I'm going to do yet, so we'll go ahead and say David Onama for the podcast. I'll let you know next week if I got greedy and went for David Onama by finish. That leads us to our main event fight of the night, Marlon Vera versus Dominic Cruz. These guys are similar in size. Marlon Vera is on a three-fight win streak, and Dominic Cruz is on a two-fight win streak. Cruz has only ever lost title fights in his professional career. He's a former, multiple-time world champion, and I think a lot of people honestly just forget how skilled Dominic Cruz is. But his 24-3 record is against very skilled competition. And like I said, those losses only came in title fights. Dominic Cruz is known for his unique movements during his fights. He's does, he does very fancy footwork, but he also mixes in wrestling very well. I think that's likely because he throws odd angle strikes with his unique fighting style that also allows him to go for takedowns from maybe different angles than people are typically used to training against. Dominic Cruz uses a lot of leg kicks, but so does Marlon Vera. Both guys are going to kick the crap out of each other in this one, I think. This is one of Vera's hardest tests in his career. Marlon Vera has never been finished as a pro, and I think that this is going to be a war. Vera generally likes to keep the fight standing because, like I said, he'll use a ton of leg kicks. I'm talking, these guys might kick each other 40 times in the leg each. 
But Marlon Vera, he's very skilled on the ground if opponent takes the fight there. He generally starts off slow, which I think is going to be a problem here because he's also going to be trying to figure out the movements of Dominic Cruz. So figuring out Cruz is going to make this a very tough fight for Marlon Vera because he does start off slow. And he kind of just absorbs information at the beginning of his fights. I think that puts him at risk to maybe lose the first two rounds. I think Dominic Cruz could win the first two rounds before Marlon Chito Vera starts to really get going. The problem is once Marlon Vera gets going, I think Dominic Cruz is going to be in a lot of trouble. In Marlon Vera's last two fights, he has knocked down his opponent four times and one of those ended by knockout. I'm not sure if an older Dominic Cruz can handle those types of shots. In his last four fights, Dominic Cruz has been knocked down four times and knocked out once himself. I think these guys are going to kick the crap out of each other, exchange very unique strikes as well, but Marlon Vera will get the finish in round three or later. Dominic Cruz does like to go for takedowns, does like to use his wrestling, but I think Marlon Vera has the ground advantage once it gets there. If Marlon Vera gets taken down, I expect him to start going for submissions immediately and really threaten Dominic Cruz with a submission loss as well. So I think looking at these two guys, I went back and forth a lot. I originally had Dominic Cruz pick to win. I've talked myself into Marlon Vera because I sat back, took a look at both fighters and said, how does Dominic Cruz win in this fight? I think he wins by it going to decision. How does Marlon Vera potentially win in this fight? I said Vera could win by knockout, by submission, or he'd have to probably win the last three rounds, but it's possible. So I looked at the two guys and said Marlon Vera has more ways to win, so we are going with Marlon Vera. Marlon Vera, the number five ranked bantamweight, going up against the number eight ranked bantamweight Dominic Cruz. This is a very big matchup for the division, as the next guy is probably in a title eliminator fight, or potentially fighting the winner of current champion Aljamain Sterling and TJ Dillashaw. So the winner could be fighting in a bantamweight championship next, or is one fight away after they win this one from fighting in a championship fight. That wraps up the UFC card. It's going to be a very close card. I've gone back and forth on a lot of these fights. I think we might do a little bit more betting fights to not go the distance versus picking straight up winners, just because I think there are some interesting matchups with strengths and weaknesses. So let's not waste any more time. Let's dive into those bets. We're going to have to use a wait and see approach with some of our bets as the line that I'm interested in is not currently available just yet. But we'll start off with the PFL. Sabadou C versus Carlos Leal. We're going with Sabadou C money line minus 106. Dennis Goltsov versus Mateus Scheffel. We are actually going to wait and see for this one. I think Dennis Goltsov easily gets the win. That's currently money line minus 335, but I think he gets it done by finish. So let's see what the line opens at for Dennis Goltsov by finish in that one. We're likely going to take that because it will be better than minus 335. Ante Deliha versus Renan Ferreira. We went with Renan Ferreira, Moneyline minus 125. And to end the PFL night, Rory McDonald versus Magomed Umilatov. We are going with the underdog, Rory McDonald, Moneyline plus 220. Let's take a look at our UFC prelim fights. We have Ariane Lipsky versus Priscilla Cachoeira. We're going with Ariane Lipsky, Moneyline minus 200. 
Yusef Zalal versus Damon Blackshear. We are going with Damon Blackshear, Moneyline plus 105 in his UFC debut. Ode Osborne versus Tyson Nam. We're going Tyson Nam, Moneyline plus 200. Gabriel Benitez versus Charlie Ontiveros. This is another one we're going to kind of wait and see. I don't have the line available just yet. I do like Gabriel Benitez in this one. That's currently minus 350 money line. I'd like to see what that would be either for Gabriel Benitez by finish or fight to not go the distance. Probably we're going to take Gabriel Benitez by finish. So keep an eye for that one. Martin Boudet versus Lukas Brezki. We're definitely going with fight to not go the distance in this one. I think Martin Boudet is going to win for minus 265 if you want to take a fighter in this fight. But I definitely think regardless of who wins, this fight is not going to the judges' scorecards. So if fights not go the distance is better, we will take that. Otherwise, we'll do Martin Boudet, Moneyline, minus 265. And our last UFC prelim fight, Angela Hill versus Lupe Godinez. I hate how big this line is. It's probably going to be Lupe Godinez by decision. But I just don't know. I don't love this fight. I think it's very lopsided. So we're just going to take Lupe Godinez money line minus 345. For our UFC main card, we have Bruno Silva versus Gerald Mearshart. This is another one we're going to take a look at for the fight to not go the distance. Gerald Mearshart, submission specialist. Bruno Silva kind of stinks on the ground. Bruno Silva, knockout specialist. Gerald Mearshart has a questionable chin. I think Bruno Silva's going to win. It's Moneyline minus 295, but we're probably going to take fight to not go the distance if that is better, so keep an eye out for that. Cynthia Calvillo versus Nina Nunez. We're going with Nina Nunez, Moneyline plus 140. Devin Clark versus Azamat Mirzakhanov. I think Azamat gets it done, Moneyline minus 165. Yasmin Jauregi versus Jasmine Lucindo. We're going with Yasmin Jauregi, Moneyline minus 200. Nate Landwer versus David Onama. We are going to wait and see what happens with this one. I think David Onama absolutely gets the win. That's currently at minus 265, which isn't terrible, but I do want to see what Onama by finish looks like because I think he will definitely get it done by finish. So let's hold tight, see what Onama by finish is. We're probably going to go that route because I'm going to be a little bit greedy, I think. You can tell I've taken a lot of underdogs on this weekend. So maybe we get a little bit greedy here too and we go Nama by finish. In our main event fight, Marlon Vera versus Dominic Cruz. We are going with Marlon Vera, Moneyline minus 225. That takes us into our Homestyle Perfect Plate parlays. We start off with the PFL, the Homestyle Perfect Plate parlay for the PFL, which won last weekend. We're going with Sabadu C and Dennis Goltsov both to win at plus 154. For the UFC, the Homestyle Perfect Plate parlay, we're going with Lupita Godinez, Azamat Mirzakhanov, and David Onama all to win at plus 181. Truth be told, I did have a parlay boost token with my sports book to get it to plus 209, so obviously I'm going with plus 209, but you can still get it at plus 181, which is very nice for you. So we are taking a decent number of underdogs this weekend. That makes me a little bit nervous. I just think a lot of these fights, honestly, are making me nervous. I think they can go either way. Some of these fights I think I would typically stay away from, but for the sake of the podcast, we are here making predictions, being bold, and we went with some underdogs this weekend. So best of luck to you. I hope everything works out for all of us, and I hope that we have another great PFL to start us off, and then we roll right into the UFC and keep the momentum going. Hold up, everybody. I almost forgot to tell you our home cell gravy picks. So remember our home style gravy bets. Those are the bets that are top five bets, we think, for the week. 
in case you want to make a long shot parlay. We'll grab one from the PFL. I think you could sprinkle some gravy on Dennis Goltsov by finish. Like I said, I think that's the only way that fight ends. For the UFC, we'll do some prelim ones. I think Martin Boudet versus Lukas Brezky fights not go the distance. And Angela Hill versus Lupita Godinez. I think you can spread some gravy on both of those. I think they're both locks for the week. Bruno Silva versus Gerald Mearshot on our main card. Fight to not go the distance. I think there's no chance that sees the judges' scorecards. And another one from the UFC main card. David Onanima, money line to win that fight. Like I said, I think that 100% happens. But let's go ahead and get greedy. Spread some gravy on the Onama by finish. Let's go ahead and wrap up the podcast. So to wrap up the podcast, this is a pretty scary UFC fight night from a betting perspective. I think a lot of these fights could easily go either way. Many of these matchups involve fighters strong in one area and weak in the other, while their opponent is strong in their weakness and weak in their strength. So we could see a lot of finishes again this weekend. That would be very exciting. 10 for 10 on finishes last weekend. It would be really cool if we had a similar situation turn out this weekend for back-to-back excellent UFC fight nights. Reminder that you will hear me again in one week. We're going to be doing Thursdays only for a little while here. I'll do a rapid review of the fights from this weekend, review our bets, give out awards, and then we'll look ahead to UFC 278 Usman versus Edwards 2 and the PFL Playoff Semifinals Featherweights and Women's Lightweights. As always, please bet responsibly. If you have a gambling problem, call your state's hotline. I'll be posting my verdict scorecards for both the PFL and the UFC prior to the events on social media for the podcast. Please go follow at the Homestyle MMA Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, and at Homestyle MMA Pod on Twitter. Check out www.thehomestylemmapodcast.podbean.com for additional information about the podcast. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe, like, comment, and review. Next week, we'll recap some of these excellent fights from these cards and preview next week's matchups. Till next time, this was Sean Van Buren on the Homestyle MMA Podcast. Have a good one.